Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. Welcome to Planet Logic and Political Pursuits, the podcast. Today's episode, One Giant Step for Tyranny. I'm Lynn Woolley. I'm the pilot of the podcast on Planet Logic, and uh, the proprietor of Political Pursuits, the podcast, is Lou Ann Anderson. One giant step for tyranny, and what's the second half of this? One giant leap for Fannie Willis? Without a doubt. Uh, well, you know what? No, no, no. I think that I think the secondary headline is that is Fannie's 15 minutes of fame. Oh, Fannie went out and did some new publicity pictures. She got her hair done. Oh, she's you, riding high right now. Oh, you know, it's it's yeah. it, it's like uh, it's like Mayor Lightfoot. Uh, you got you're going to be on TV. You got to look good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope she follows in the footsteps of Kim Gardner. Remember Kim? Uh, yes. Yes, yes. The I do. former DA in St. Louis, the one who went after the McCluskeys, the one who went after Eric Greitens, had a similar career path as uh, she Fanny. Yes, she did. Uh, she had similar uh, career path, i.e. Soros backing to help mm-hmm. get her into office. Mm-hmm. She did resign. They got into some troubles. You know, now besides the McCluskey, she targeted a guy named Eric Greitens, who had been at one point the governor of Missouri. Uh, Eric got himself into some um, very tawdry situations uh, with another woman and a lot of allegations and things he resigned as the governor of missouri based on that this was like four or five years ago then he was running for senate she went after him again and they got in and were making all these allegations about issues relating to his divorce and his ex-wife it was a very um, acrimonious parting and there were two little boys involved and I can't even remember all the charges that she was levying against Greitens. It ended up he lost the primary in the AG's race. So in terms of election interfering, sullying someone's reputation, torpedoing their aspirations in in a political race, mission was accomplished. However, when that case moved further, and there were also some grievances filed against her um, with the, I don't know, the, the, I'm not sure what the, what the governing authority was over there, but it was found that she had, had um, been involved in all sorts of misconduct, falsification of evidence, uh, the squelching of exonerating information all sorts of misconduct and she did have to resign from office she was disbarred which is no easy feat and the last i heard she's now in nursing school well that's that's very interesting as you're going through that litany i'm thinking of all the parallels here i mean it's it's unbelievable all the parallels last week I found out, I know other people in Georgia obviously knew this, but it came out on a national basis. One of the biggest, most egregious election deniers in the United States is Fannie Willis, the district attorney that's going after Trump in Georgia. The the emails and the the Facebook posts and the Twitter posts are a, a, a giant line of evidence. She was absolutely absolutely denying the election when trump won and where was she with stacy abrams are she and stacy real good buddies i don't i don't know one one can only imagine but you know i think the election denier of all election deniers is hillary clinton uh, stacy abrams is famous for it uh msnbc and cnn were so shocked uh, after trump won and the next morning the headline 
in the Washington Post was impeachment begins now. Well, you know, what you got to say about Hillary, you got to give her credit. She was the biggest election denier and she put her money where her mouth was, i.e. the steel dossier. The steel dossier. The biggest, fakest, most egregious election interference of our lifetime. Followed, followed, followed only by the uh, laptop by, from hell. <laughs> followed only by the suppression of the laptop from hell. Your your mind is going right where mine is. Absolutely. I want to say this, and I'm going to mention John Durham real quick. When John Durham was doing his work and he was silent, uh, there there weren't even very many pictures. There was that one iconic picture of John Durham in that beard looking like a bulldog. And right. I thought, man, I wouldn't want that guy after me till I heard him speak. And he sounded like a wimp and he didn't do much swamp creature. You know what? That, um, that picture of Durham reminds me of the picture of Trump, Trump in that, in that uh, picture that they took for the uh, mugshot. He looks like I am going to get every one of you as soon as I beat this rap. And I don't doubt it. A Trump presidency is going to be fun. And I would not want to be certain people because there are people out there that have things that Trump can latch on to. There are so many things he can get even with. I mean, look at look at all the things Biden's going through right now. Is it getting even or would it just be getting justice? Equal equal application of the law and coming in and actually applying the law to credible allegations that can be prosecuted. You've hit on something that has been a theme in my mind for a while. I I despise the idea of social justice. I hate it. I'm I'm just sick to my stomach every time I hear the left use the term social justice. Screw social justice. You may quote me. What this country was based on and what we didn't have through Jim Crow, but I think we have it a lot more now, is called equal justice. That is, if you're a Democrat or you're a Republican and you break the law and it's egregious and it's enough to be indicted, then you should be treated the same. And that's why it just galls me every time I see Hillary Clinton go on MSNBC with Rachel Madcow, Rachel Maddow, and gloat over what's happening to Trump when what she did was worse. Well, I mean, it's it's a statement of the obvious. However, let's do remember that that model that you're talking about, the equal application under the law, that model was created by our founding fathers, and it was based upon they wanted to be everything that the place they came from was. Was it? Yeah. Exactly. And that was a place where two-tiered system of justice absolutely was the was the you know law of the land it was the the status quo the modus operandi if you were part of the powerful the elite the rich the landowners you operated under one system of justice if you were a peasant well, you know, I mean, it I was mean, open season on you. If you've seen the movie To Kill a Mockingbird, I mean, that's kind of was what the theme was. And Emmett Till certainly didn't get any kind of a fair shake. But, you know, the days of Jim Crow are long behind us. And I think the modern era of social justice, a.k.a. jury nullification, came about with O.J. Simpson. Never have I seen a guy that I felt in my heart from what I knew was as guilty as O.J. Simpson, who is out to this day searching for the real killers. But that was a jury decision based on race. And but it, it was and also, but it was also a trial that was turned into a public spectacle that was orchestrated in the aftermath of the L.A. riots. Mm-hmm. And with massive concern that a wrong verdict in the eyes of some people could bring back a second replay of that. Well, sure. And it was therefore orchestrated for the verdict that was delivered. Let me ask you then, with that as a backdrop, what you just said. What happens in the United States of America on the streets of cities like Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, Baltimore, uh, Kenosha, if Trump is acquitted or if Trump is convicted? 
Are we headed for violence? Absolutely. Either way? More if he is acquitted. But I think it depends on the timing. I think it's going to depend on what else is going on, where we are even in the election cycle. But absolutely, if he's acquitted, and I think there's a good likelihood if he is convicted. Because— You think the right has had their fill of it? No. No, absolutely not. I think— I think, I think American patriots have had their fill of it. So, but the establishment right is is going along to get along. Oh no, but, no, no! They're 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 that's the uniparty. It is the uniparty. I think there is a whole nother track. You know, the Dershowitz has his Get Trump book, and there is the lawfare side of getting Trump. There is the electioneering side of getting Trump. That is coming out of the DNC, and that's the Ben Bowie eruption at, side. Well, well, I think that I'm thinking more in terms of the Mark Elias side, the you know things now to keep him off the ballot, which Newsom has talked about, you know, trying to mount some movement to keep him off the California ballot. I think you're going to be seeing that, but at the same time, there are rumblings on the Republican establishment side that. You're going to that. I think there will be efforts to get Trump disqualified as a as a candidate or as the nominee of the Republican Party. In fact, the other night at the the kids table debate, Asa Hutchinson even made some comment about when he was the one that didn't raise his hand saying that he would support Trump if he were convicted. He made some comment about, well, it's going to be important to go back and look at the rules or the bylaws of the RNC and see if even with a conviction he would be eligible to be the nominee. Well, you know something? I suspect that if that rule hadn't been inserted yet, Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. It will be in the next few months. I was glad that Asa Hutchinson was there because if it hadn't been for Asa Hutchinson, the person I think I hated most on that debate stage would have been Chris Christie. But Asa Hutchinson edged him out. Um, I am hoping at the next debate, Burgum, who had one good line, and it was a joke about breaking a leg at the event. Uh, I, I don't have anything against him. I just don't see any reason for him to be on the stage. Um, and we can get back to this debate a little bit later. But when you talk about one giant step for tyranny, which is what we've named this program today, what Gavin Newsom is doing is a super giant step. If they can keep Trump off the ballot, he has no way to win. And what makes it, Luann, I'll throw this out, and you can tell me if you have any other thoughts, what makes this so important for them to do is in spite of what they say about Trump not being able to beat Biden. They're worried sick about Trump beating Biden. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, because you look at these polls that are coming out, you know, polls you always have to take with a huge, huge grain of salt. But on these, you know, CBS, 
CNN, these liberal polls that are coming out, and Trump is either allegedly tied or leading. Or within the margin of error. Within the margin of errors, and without looking at the cross tabs to know exactly what was asked, how was asked, to who it was asked, if that's what they're publicly coming out with, what they're seeing privately has got to be even far more concerning. Well, it absolutely does. Let me ask you this. We talk about equal justice. Uh, and Biden, who is very concerned about a terrible fire at his house, he almost lost his wife. He almost lost his house. He almost lost his 1967 Corvette. And his and, cat. And his cat. And we could have also lost some classified documents. Why is it that, that of course, let me rethink here. The reason that they're saying that Trump is in trouble over the documents at Mar-a-Lago and Biden isn't is because Trump didn't cooperate with the Department of Justice and Biden did. May I ask you, whose Department of Justice is it and who had no fear about cooperating with this particular Department of Justice? Where do you even start there? They're not going to go after Biden. No. So he could, sure, he could cooperate. I mean, look, when you're looking at Andrew Weiss, who is the joke of a, a special prosecutor, see, special counsel, a special counsel, not an independent prosecutor. Talk, talk about failing upward. Uh, yes. Uh, he's the guy that helped put together this sweetheart deal that, thank God, we actually had a serious judge that threw this thing out. He's the guy that didn't want. Hunter Biden to have any jail time and wanted to give him essentially blanket immunity. And slow walked it so that the statute of limitations ran out on some of the other charges. So what would happen? What would have happened if Trump had said to the the uh, archives or whoever it is? Yeah, sure. Come on and take all of them. They would have found something else. Uh, they would have probably found something in those papers. There would have been the nuclear codes or something that he was trying to give to Iran or to Kim Jong-un or something because they were out to get him and there was going to be evidence. And w and when they barred all of the attorneys from coming in as they were going through things, you know, once again there, how does that how, how does that smack of that they didn't put something But you talk us talk about a giant step for tyranny. One thing that has just just driven me crazy, all these pictures that we got of all these file folders on the floor at Mar-a-Lago. Oh, that nice little staged photo? All those staged photos. Did we get anything like that out of Joe Biden's various vacation homes that he makes on his government salary? Uh, did we get anything like that out of the University of Delaware? I was going to say the Penn Biden Center. That's where I want to know what we did. Or, or that, that office that they had down there in Chinatown in D.C. So there's... I, I, I'm thinking that you had the Chinatown thing, you had the Penn Biden Center, you had the Rehoboth. Was there some there at Rehoboth Beach at his home there, and then some in Delaware? So there is as many as four, and who knows what else? Who knows where else right. those those documents were? But yeah, let's go to Hunter's house. Yes, but but <laughs> except Hunter really doesn't seem to have much of a house. He seems to pretty much just kind of. His, he's living he, at the where, White House. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, wherever Joe lives, it, that seems to kind of be where he where he hangs. And let me ask you another thing about a giant step for tyranny, since you got me on that subject. <laughs> Who's cro whose cocaine was it anyway? Which would make a great name for a TV sitcom. Uh, whose cocaine was it? If, if that was the Trump White House, oh my gosh, would that have been handled differently? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, you know, with this, I mean, and, you know, I guess now that's one more thing they're happy about all these indictments, because, boy, that one's just gone away, hadn't it? It's gone away. But if you look at the mainstream media, they don't need a distraction for this stuff to go away. I believe that one reason the election was rigged and one reason I hesitate to use the word stolen because I don't know. Most people consider the stolen to be rigged uh, voting machines. And I said from the start, if you're gonna if you're gonna say the voting machines are rigged, you got to have some evidence. I don't know that they were or they weren't, but here's what I do know: they changed the laws in Pennsylvania and some other states. 
because of using the pandemic as an excuse. Um, some states, some places, I'll mention uh, Harris County, Houston, in Texas, just threw out the idea of comparing signatures when somebody had a provisional vote. The, Dem- the, the Democrats are very good at using legal means as well, which the Republicans didn't use, like ballot harvesting. But the biggest thing of all to me may have been the media's refusal to cover anything that was adverse to Biden like the laptop from hell. They just refused to do it. And polling has shown that that could have changed as much as 10 percent of the vote. And remember, Biden had what? Seven, I mean, uh, Trump had about 79 million votes. 74 to 81 he and had 74 million to, to the 80, 81 to million 81 million, my ass. You have to put that right, at the right. end of that. Uh, I not for a minute, uh, I do not for a minute believe that Biden got 81 million votes. I don't think it's possible. No. Well, and the other thing, too, is that there were a number of these counties that ended up having more votes than they had registered voters. That happened in Dade County in Michigan. That happened in some of the Atlanta counties. And uh, Gateway Pundit has been carry, has been covering this story. I've written a little bit about it. Um, I tied in with it on, on WB Daily about Muskegon, um, Muskegon, Michigan. And a woman who showed up at a county there to the registrar's office several weeks before the the election with like tens of thousands of voter registration applications. They were all signed. They all had the same signature, the same address. This office aptly called the police. The police then contacted the state. The whole thing, an investigation was done. It was found to be conducted by a company called GBI, who not only was doing this in this town, but they were doing it across Michigan as well as in, I think, about 13, 15 other states. And they were injecting voter applications into the system, bogus voter applications. Now, Gretchen Whitmer and um, Jocelyn, whatever her name is, Benson, the Michigan AG, they're like, oh, well, we caught this. See, the system works. Mm -hmm. Well, it was exposed in this one area, but how many other areas was it not exposed? And were those applications used to insert names onto voter rolls? And that's how you end up having more votes than you had actual voters. I want to ask you about another giant step for tyranny. Suppose that I'm indicted by a local DA for some political thing that I did. And suppose they they don't have enough evidence, but they got enough to indict me because, you know, I'm kind of similar to a ham sandwich in which you can indict at any time. And to get a little bit more information on me, they go, oh, well, when he does a podcast with Lou Ann Anderson, so let's indict her. All right, so you get indicted on a trumped-up ham sandwich type thing. And they come to you and they say, what do you got on uh, on old Lynn over there? Because, you know, you're never going to see your family again if we put you away. But, you know, we might make a deal where you don't serve any time at all. We might just quash the whole indictment if you will give us certain information. Because that's, what, that's what's just happened to Trump. Without a doubt. Oh, those poor guys down there in the down there, the employees at Mar-a-Lago. I mean, that's ridiculous. But all these other people, and that's what they have been doing, though, all along, because that's the same kind of thing that happens with, like, the J6, when they were bringing all the Trump people into the J6 or into, you know, any of these congressional hearings. Because you've got to remember, and this is something, as somebody who has been targeted in a civil lawsuit and been forced to have to go in and pay tens of thousands of dollars of lawsuit on a bullshit claim, I know the pain that that causes. I know the irreparable harm that that causes. I know the ill will that that causes. I know the problems it causes within a family. All of the dynamics that come into that, the emotional experience it is, it's galling. And all of those people, 
I mean, that's one of the things that has been so difficult for me watching because all of those people, all those little congressional staffers, every time they have to go in there and testify for something, they got to get lawyered up. And that can easily cost them, especially in a town like D.C., to get a lawyer that would actually do anything for you. That could easily cost you six figures easy for a one-day thing to go into a congressional hearing. These people now that are being indicted, like these 18 people in Georgia, not to mention all those election um, people that they've done in Michigan and are probably getting ready to do a slew of them in Arizona, they're looking at half million and more. Those people in Georgia, probably because this is criminal, they're probably looking at a million dollars minimal their defense. But and that's, that's part that's, of it, too. That's the extortion. That's why they call it lawfare. Without it, a doubt. It's, we, we, we may not be able to convict you, we may not be able to send you to prison. We're going to make your life a living hell for the rest of your we life. We are going to end any semblance of, of a life for you. And your family, everyone you love, your livelihood. And this is the problem and that I don't know how to make a recommendation right now. I'd like to think about it at some point. The absolute terrible swift sword of the government of the United States, especially with a special counsel like we have, with unlimited funds, unlimited our funds. ability, uh, our funds, but yes. unlimited. They can hire, uh, Durham could have done it, uh, and, and now uh, Weiss. As many lawyers as they want to, as powerful a lawyers as they want to, unlimited, no time limits on anything, the ability to subpoena things, to have a friendly judge, to get a warrant, the ability to indict people for the explicit purpose of forcing them to turn against somebody else like Donald Trump. That really is one of the worst aspects of the United States of America. And that's what, over the last years, say what you will about people like Roger Stone. Roger Stone was somebody they thought, oh, they'll get him to turn on Trump. And as long as he's known Trump, he's got to have some good dirt. And God bless that man. He stood firm. And there's others that have done, have, have similarly done so. They may not be names that people are so familiar with. Rudy Giuliani, they have pushed him to try and get him to turn on Trump. And it's not happening. Yeah, he had some, cho- he had some choice words at his arraignment. Yes. It, it, it's, it's just, it's beyond belief the power that this government has. Uh, I just finished reading a novel from 1955 called The Doorbell Rang. Yeah, you should read it. It's a Nero Wolf mystery, and it's absolutely delicious. You know who the villains are in that, not, in that murder mystery? The prosecutors? The FBI. And the whole thing is about Wolf trying to get the FBI off this woman's back. They're following her. They're tailing her. And he says, you know, you're asking me for an impossible task. But I love impossible tasks. And it's just amazing. That was in the 50s. And it's worse today. It's absolutely worse today. If you get the FBI on your back, uh, look at what they did with the FISA warrants. Well, that's one of the things that RFK Jr. has been so strong about helping to expose. And quite frankly... That is why I would love to see him be given serious consideration as an AG in a Trump administration is because he understands the corruption that's there. He understands the history of that corruption being there. You know, you're talking about the 50s. He certainly has upfront knowledge of the FBI, the CIA, all of the big government agencies as Eisenhower warned us, the military-industrial complex, all of the interlocking activities that these agencies engage in, and the ill, ill, you know, ill acts that they they do. And um, I mean, it's frightening in that there's a lot of things that you go and look back on in history, and. I think the Ukraine war is going to become one of those things at a point that we were on the wrong side. Well, I'm no Putin fan, so you'll have to convince me of that. Uh, Just last, just, well, earlier this week, the head of the 
Wagner group, the mercenaries, uh, plane went down. Was it shot down? Was it bombed? Or was it some uh, error on the just a, a normal, everyday pilot error plane crash or okay. whatever? Okay, to your just backtrack a bit to your point about convincing you, I think you have to change, get your mindset right, and understand that in a lot of these situations, there are no good guys. It's our nature that we want to have a good and a bad. In the world, it's not good and bad. Sometimes it's just bad and worse. Well, that that's true. <laughs> or, that's true. Or, you know, bad, bad dressed up differently. And Putin absolutely is no good guy. No, he's a mass murderer uh, of historic proportions. Well... Except he's still behind Chi on that. Was, In terms of contemporary, well, well sure, people. I, I yes, would, I yes. would probably say Putin, Putin's murder count is under twenty thousand people, with, but I don't know. With, um, well, there's a lot of windows in Russia, and it seems like a lot of people fall out. Uh, of them. You mean defenestrate? <laughs> yes, that's true. But I, he bombed an entire apartment complex one time, killing children. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, without just, a doubt, he's not a good guy. The pro- she, the problem, she is, yes, she is a bigger problem. Yes. No, no doubt the about that. The problem is, is that we, our State Department people, like Tony Blinken, Jake Sullivan, Victoria Newland, they've been jacking around over there in Ukraine for a decade or more, and back in, I guess it was the first Bush administration, they'd signed an agreement, the Minsk Accords which they said at that point that NATO would not come any further west than Germany because that was part of what was being negotiated with the fall of the Berlin Wall. And Putin wanted that buffer. Once our State Department goes over there and starts jacking around with Ukraine and talking about Ukraine coming into NATO, that's what stirred all of this up. Does that make it right for Putin to have invaded Crimea? No. But there is a case to be made that he has a rational action or a rational attitude about it. And that, wait a minute, I signed this agreement and now these people are reneging on it. And so that's not to be a Putin apologist and say, oh, what he's doing is right. But it does get, I think it is something that at least is fair to insert into the well i mean ukraine is is a very corrupt country well and and i say that from the standpoint of somebody who believes the united states is a corrupt country too absolutely absolutely and we have they are a corrupt country but we also are such exploiters with regard to ukraine god only knows what kind of bio labs are over there and we have used that country to you know, launder a lot of money. You know, look at... I it mean, is the home every, of Burisma. Absolutely. And I mean, in fact, it's almost like, you know, you look at every country the Bidens are are involved with. They seem to gravitate toward every bottom feeder country that prides itself on engaging in all sorts of illicit activity. Well, I don't know that President Xi uh, would be as desperate to get something influenced in America, as would um, uh, Ukraine, because she has a lot more resources. He can do his own infiltration. He doesn't need Hunter Biden to do that, although they used him. Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. 
Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Well, I mean, he he was a he was a, a, a convenient instrument, Hell, pumping the, in, the, getting the, into the highest level. The Chinese are in our schools. Oh, they're everywhere. With the yeah. uh, the Confucius Confucius, Institute. yeah, that's what yeah, I was trying the to. And then they've got the Institute. road, the the Belt, Belt and Road and Initiative. Belt and Road Initiative. They do all these things, and they do them in the open. What it's about called, the Biden, the Penn Biden Center was financed by China. When we talk about unrestricted warfare, which is what they engage in, unrestricted warfare, the idea it's not just kinetic, that it's cyber, that it's biological, that it um, is economic, all of these different types of warfare. Well, when they come in and have their own infiltration, they are using the same type of thought process mm-hmm. and that it's multifaceted they're not just coming into government no they're coming into academia they're coming into hollywood and the entertainment sector. they're coming into our medical industry asserting themselves via all this pharmaceutical the aips that they provide um helping the development in a technology every facet of our economy of our social constructs Again, it's unrestricted warfare. They are asserting themselves. They don't miss a beat. No, they don't. I want to go back, going back to our theme about tyranny taking over. How do you compare two speeches? One speech took place in Charlottesville, where the University of Virginia is. And the guy there said, uh, well, you know, I think that there are people on both sides with fine, good, people, fine on people on both sides of the issue. Now, the media, that was Trump, the media, both people on both sides, he's, he's saying the racists are have good people or the proud boys or whatever it was. In my mind, Biden was talking about the issue of removing the statue or whatever it was that was causing the, the flap down there. I would say there were three sides. There were the people who wanted to remove the statue. Mm -hmm. There were the people who were more coming at things from a historical context and wanted to preserve our national heritage. And then you had these other, and I would call them provocateurs in the same way that I consider Antifa and, and BLM, provocateurs you had these other i don't know what the neo-nazis white supremacy groups um whatever you want to call them they were over there too and i think they were there more to raise hell than necessarily because of any kind of noble cause i think that the the two sides that trump was referring to were the people who believe that the heritage should be removed, that, you know, that they think it's it's symbolic of slavery and they have an issue with that. I think he was trying to acknowledge that that is a perspective, that in a free country they are welcome to have that perspective. And then there is the other side that say, but wait, this is a part of our history. Let's not forget it. And with that, let's remember and be thankful that we have made the strides we've made today. All right. Now compare that to another speech because CNN, MSNBC, and the mainstream media, lamestream media, whatever you want to call it, was just on Trump and is to this day. I've read a number of columns by uh, Larry Elder explaining what Trump said. Trump has explained what Trump said. I've gone back and listened to the audio in context, and I can't find anything wrong with it. I'm not going to use, well, it was a perfect speech, but I can't find anything wrong with it. Now, there was another speech. This one was on the steps of the Supreme Court. The Democratic leader of the United States Senate openly seemed to be calling for the assassination of Supreme Court justices. I'm telling you, Gorsuch, I'm telling you, Kavanaugh, you have reaped the whirlwind and you're not going to know what hit you. The left had no problem with that. And then a guy goes out and tries to kill Kavanaugh. Yeah, yeah. Who, 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 Kavanaugh's a worm, okay? Right. I don't like Kavanaugh. 
but I don't want to kill him. Yeah, ask and you shall receive. That's exactly right. So the difference in the reaction in the media to those two speeches just blows me away. And it's it's like if you're on the left, you can say anything. Maxine Waters, get in their face. Don't let you see them. They're pumping gas. You go get in their face. You see them in a restaurant. You chase them out, which they chased Kavanaugh out of a restaurant. They chased Ted Cruz out of a restaurant. Sarah Huckabee they Sanders. They nearly killed Rand Paul and his wife as they were walking to their car after an event at the White House. Correct. We've got problems in this country. Well, and when you have the media, and I mean, the media is an accessory to all of that because the media does not report, you know, in the same way we talk about the unequal system, the two-tiered system of justice. Well, we have a two-tiered system of reportage as well. Oh, no doubt about it. Yes. And that helps incite more of this because if you want to go burn down a federal building and you're doing it in the name of Black Lives Matter or Antifa, well, then you all of a sudden become a patriot. If you want to go and stand and hold a flag on a January 6th, cold day in D.C. and hear your president speak, you're an insurrectionist. Because you know what? You might have looked over your shoulder at the Capitol. Very true. Um, I want to talk about the future here. We're probably getting a little low on time here, but I want to talk about the future of a couple of politicians. Coming up early September, Ken Paxton, Attorney General of Texas, who is not a state figure. He is a national figure. Uh, He is been on Fox News more times than I can count. Uh, foreign newspapers are going to be covering this trial in the Senate. Uh, and you, you, if you're trying to go to it, you're going to have to get tickets. This will be a ticketed event, as they say. Uh, Paxton has done things with this real estate developer, Nate Paul, that has left him open. He's had an affair that nobody questions, even though his wife is in the Senate and can't vote on this. But the senators are going to be the jurors, and the, the, the guy running all this will be the lieutenant governor, Dan Patrick. Do you think Paxton can get out of this? I hope that he can, but right now I would give it less than a 50-50 chance. I also would, would, would make mention that Yes, this is a state proceeding, a state issue. However, Paxton has been such a champ in terms of taking on the federal government. Mm -hmm. And if you don't think that that doesn't have a whole hell of a lot to do with this. Oh, I think it absolutely does. And Paxton is crossways with one particular family that really dislike him, i.e. the Bush family. And the Bush family are, you know, the ult- ultimate uniparty stalwarts. So the Bush family, I mean, this is almost a twofer for them if they can take him out because they're helping to protect the uniparty in, in D.C. because he would be somebody who when people are saying, well, where are our state attorney generals? Why aren't they coming in here indicting all these Democrats and things? And they're, you know, doing the same lawfare that's being turned on on Trump. Paxton would be one of the lead people doing that. But instead, they've got him over here neutralized and potentially benched forever. And so that's one thing. But also, this for the Bushes, this is retribution because their poor little George P, he got trounced. George P is is on the witness list, by the way. Oh, isn't that convenient? And I'm sure Eva Guzman, who was also She's on the in there. List. Yeah, of course she is. Of course she Everybody's is. Everybody's yeah. on the witness Ken Paxton's on the witness list, and they may be able to force him to testify. He'll probably have to take the fifth. I wish I thought that he was going to beat this, but I'm afraid that Austin is as swampy in its own way, as D.C. ever thought about no, I being, think, I I'm think it borders. I think it borders on being worse. If you look at the, the history of speakers of the House, uh, Joe Strauss and uh, Dade Phelan, uh, yeah, the Democrats are pretty much in charge of the House. And, and that's topic for another time, I suppose. But I want to ask you about, about another thing, since we're talking about tyranny entering the, the picture here. 
it's it's all of these layers. You know, you you and I have both been involved in business deals and corporations, and you know, you have uh, Wooly Anderson um, Incorporated, which is owned by Wooly Anderson LLC, which is owned by Wooly L- uh, Anderson. Uh, a limited liability company, which is owned by whatever, you know, and you sue us. Try to sue us. See if you can find out who really owns us. Well, that's the way it is with the shell companies with Biden, Inc. By design. But by design, all these shell companies. But it is also the way it was with the Steele dossier. Every time I drive by the new Perkins Coie office in downtown Austin, I think about it. Those are some of the the uh, the worms and weasels that that helped to uh, shade all this. If we are going to be a real country and we're going to to not have a two tier justice system, it seems to me that those shell companies have got to be fully exposed in the media for the Bidens and all the steel dossier and what Hillary had to do with it. Even though it was started by Republicans, they abandoned it once Trump became the nominee. Because they didn't want Trump to be the nominee. The Hillary Clinton campaign picked it up along with the DNC and ran it through Perkins Coie and what was there was another company. Fusion GPS. Fusion GPS. Simpson. Yes. Fusion GPS and all this to try to shield Hillary Clinton, who was able to take hammers to her hard drive, who was able to have a a um, a home server that Barack Obama used a pseudonym. So he could communicate with her. And every country in the world probably hacked into. And now we know not only did uh, Ken Paxton use Dave P. as his pseudonym, but also Joe Biden had four of them. Right. Pseudonyms. It's it's very interesting. It's a nice way to avoid... Uh, to avoid uh, being culpable for some of these things that you do. Getting to the bottom line. What do we need to do to save this country? I mean, elect Trump, uh, elect uh, one of those nice people on the debate stage the other night. Uh, uh, What do we do? Because the Democrats have declared war and it's unconditional warfare. And the Republicans who are not part of the uniparty, and I would I can mention two or three of them. I think Ted Cruz isn't. And I think Chip Roy is. And I think Chip Roy's probably the most up and honest and hardworking member of the Congress trying to keep the Democrats from taking over. But there aren't enough Chip Roys, not exactly. even close. So where do, where do we go now? I think that the next, I think that these next years are going to be um, pivotal. We've talked many times before about how that, you know, and it's not you and I, it's other people who are very much in the know, Kevin Roberts of Heritage Foundation. 2024 could be it. And I mean, that is not an uncommon point of view. And he says, if it's not, the next presidential election is our last opportunity. And I think that I am rapidly losing any any sense of looking at this as a Democrat and Republican. This is, we've talked before, and I've talked about it's about the globalists and the populists. And I think that it is that same thing here, although in a domestic standpoint, you might call it more of the, you know, the establishments, the administrative state, and the elite class, which encompasses that because it's not just the administrative state from a federal government, it's also big tech, it's also the pharmaceutical companies. It is also entertainment, media, all of those other things. So they all come together. I think it is that cabal of people versus the American population, basically. The middle class, you know, middle class and lower um, American patriots of all socioeconomic levels. That's where I think the fight is. And I think that within that American patriotic group, I think we are increasingly seeing it be Democrat and Republican both because so many Democrats are realizing that today's Democratic Party has become a party of Marxists and communists. And they're like, no, that's that's not me. You know, yeah, you know, some of them probably are more liberal on some of the, the social policies than I would be. But at the same time, 
they have their lines that are being drawn and you know things are just getting real wacky and out of control with that i think that i still maintain and i know this is not an easy catch because i think there's too many people that still have their little temperamental sensitivities of oh trump you know he's he talks tough and he does mean tweets and all that kind of stuff which to me that's just like get the hell over it with that you know and that's where that's what to me shows the weakness of the american population which could be our downfall but past that i think that trump coming in with a unity ticket is what the answer should be. And I think I. that e. unity... put put, put uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. in as AG. And you bring in people like Tulsi Gabbard. You bring in people like Michael Schellenberger. You bring in people like um, Naomi a, Wolf, Robert what, Malone, what Robert about, Malone. Okay, what about Manchin? Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop Flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. Uh, I think he has to prove himself. You know, Dennis Kucinich, he's working with with RFK's campaign. Mm -hmm. Kucinich was one Democrat who would always go on Fox back years ago. And, you know, I wouldn't agree with him a lot, but, you know, he was a reasonable man. And I didn't always disagree with him. You know, maybe Blago comes back You in. know, it's Maybe so, Blago comes what back What you're in. talking about right now is, is something I've had to look in the mirror and say, some of the Democrats I thought were horrible back in the Clinton administration seem so moderate now. I mean, by today's standards, even Bill... We balanced the budget under True. Clinton. I mean, Gingrich made him do it, but he did it. So I, I don't know. Wh- but no, wh- I think that if, that's if, where I think that's where we have to come in and embrace the idea that this is not. We've got to find Republican the people who want to save Democrat. this republic. That's exactly We've right. We've got to find the people who, who will tell the truth. It's not CNN. It's not MSNBC. It's not the New York Times. It's or not the, Fox. Or the WAPO. Uh, Fox is not them yet, but they're not, they're not the Fox they were. They have been neutered by the Dominion voting machine thing. They have been neutered by Rupert Murdoch well, and his, his family. Well, essentially his two sons, Lachlan and what's well, the Rupert's other Rupert's no better. Yeah. Probably not. And Rupert probably is reaching an age where he doesn't care much anymore. But yeah. But no, uh, that's what I think. I think it's that unity ticket that is our our only chance. Well, it may be. All right. So I know that you're very big on Trump as the nominee. Who do you want to run with him? I don't know yet. Do we have do we have somebody that can live up to the high standard that Biden set with his vice presidential pick? <laughs> that ham sandwich, you know, that got indicted. indicted yeah. That ham sandwich will Just, do be great. <laughs> what do you think? Okay, to try to wrap this up, but I want to. Yes. I've got to ask you about the debate. I thought three people on that stage should be on the next one definitely and maybe four i like tim scott i tim think scott's a good guy he's not a bulldog though no 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 i no. mean if you're looking for the bulldog uh, theory that, that that's not him and that's or, why or, or, or the, 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 the excuse me the, the junkyard, junkyard dog. dog theory yeah that lou ann anderson he taught me he, about he's not a, you know we, the junkyard dog is the leader of the pack but the junkyard dog does have his pack Tim would be one of the most docile members of the pack. And he would be a nice guy to have, and I don't care about his story. It's great. It's wonderful. But we we got to talk about saving this country. Exactly. Now, Haley, I thought, uh, made a good showing. Not that I agreed with a lot of how she made the showing, but she said one thing that really impressed me. She said the, the spending, the problem we have, spending like drunken politicians— 
the fact that we have a $32 trillion debt, which I don't think she brought up, but this is parenthetically part of it. The Republicans are are largely responsible for that because it's the Democrats brand. They're, They're tax and spend. That's been their brand for decades and generations. It's the Republicans' job to stop them, and we didn't. No. And, and, and I thought DeSantis had a very good debate. I did not agree with the people that said that, that he blew everything. When playing back his clips on the radio, when you're not watching the whole spectacle and you're just listening and concentrating on the audio, he was fine. I thought that um, – who was it that, that, uh, that came out and said – oh, was it Pence? I thought he was almost the worst person on the stage. What happened to morning in America? Well, Democrats and Marxism and colleges and, and, and dishonest media happened to morning in America. That's what happened to it. And Ramaswamy, who's an interesting guy, I'll say that, I, I thought he was the other one of the three that I thought stood out. Absolutely. And, and, you know, uh, I know you're not a big DeSantis fan, but my God, he does have a great record in Florida. Anyway, you cannot deny that. And if if results are what we're looking for, then there's a place for him, whether he's the nominee or not. Uh, I might make him secretary of education with one goal in mind, destroy deplete get rid of the department of education we've got to start chiseling away at that debt the democrats will never do it they don't care and 99 percent of the republicans don't care either but if if we reconvene this debate it would suit me just fine obviously trump but it would suit me just fine if it was desantis i'd leave tim scott in and and um, ramaswamy and Nikki Haley at this point, the others, nobody else on that stage contributed one iota that I saw. No, Chris, Chris Christie was just like a big bundle of negativity. Yeah, he's all negative, and 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 uh, Scott is too optimistic. When when Ramaswamy said we are in a dark period of our country, and I'm thinking, yeah. And the first thing you have to do is when you're an alcoholic is say, yeah, my name is John Smith, and I'm an alcoholic. Uh, we are in a dark period. Right. I think we're in the worst period at, in my lifetime. Without a doubt. Since the Vietnam War. D- well, we're in what's called the fourth turning. We're in a, and I mean, these things happen about every 80 years. Yeah, we had the Civil and, War. That's the worst period ever. But, but we're close to a, a domestic Civil War. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, well, the problem is, and it's not just we are close to a domestic Civil War, but we are also more at risk in terms of our global standing than we ever have been. I mean, we are now, we already have a war front that we're involved with. And, you know, they can say, oh, you know, all we're doing is supplying arms and and money. But no, we're up to our eyeballs in Ukraine. And who knows what that could spill over to we're, in Europe. But at the same time, in the Pacific, we may be in the same type of fight with China over Taiwan, uh, Taiwan. in the and next the, 18 and, months. And the asshole that is in the president's office right now, I, I do never refer to Biden as president. I cannot do it, cannot bring myself to do it. This whole thing with Ukraine has depleted our stockpile. It's also added to our debt. It's made us weaker if she decides to invade Taiwan. Taiwan is is crucial to the United States. We can't manufacture a car or build a computer without Taiwan. And he shut down he shut down one of our strongest economic assets, our energy production capabilities. Absolutely. And we're finding out right now the worthlessness of solar panels, which there's, I think somebody put a post up on WB Daily about that, which I read and thought it was pretty darn well written. And our windmills, which are just sitting there silent right now because there's no wind. Oh, and you know what? We're in better shape during the summer months than we are in the winter because in the winter, that solar drops it becomes to, even exactly. more worthless than now, it is. In here's summer. the last point I want to make, and then I think we, we can gotta wrap this. We've got to wrap this up. But here's here's the thing, and this is what scares me more than anything else in the world. And watching Houston, and what's happened with it over the last twenty years. And when I was working radio in Dallas, Alan Steelman was my congressman, a strong Republican. You don't see that anymore. Dallas is gone. Houston is gone. Austin is a joke politically. I mean, Austin is an embarrassing blot on the state of Texas. Most beautiful city, but politically, 
11 members of a city council, 10 of them are far leftist, including the mayor. Um, San Antonio, San Antonio is, is a disaster. I had a chance to interview the one conservative on the city council of San Antonio about them. two weeks ago. He's a great guy. Um, that tells you, I think, why the border is open. Joe Biden and his whoever's controlling the, the, the puppet here is, has got that border open. They know that at some point those millions and millions of people that Biden is bringing in are going to vote one way or the other. They'll either legislatively give them the vote or they will reproduce and their children will have the vote. If they turn Texas blue and they're so close, this country's done at that point. We can never win another national election ever if Texas goes Democrat. And that's the biggest danger that we're facing from the standpoint of of, politi- of politics and voting. Um, and I don't know how to change that. I mean, a, do we start deporting people if we get a Republican in, all these people Biden's let in? I think we have to. I think we buy parachutes and 747s and we dump them out of the plane one after another, say, pull this string, count to 10 and pull this string. Because otherwise, we're gone. This country's in great danger. No, it, it is. And I do believe there are people waking up, but it's not enough. I have been, this week, it has been horrifying to me that I have so many people, hey, how are things going? And when somebody knows me and knows my interests in politics, and they come to me and it's like, well, what's been going on? Well, I'm sorry, well, dumbass. Our country Mm. just took a real dangerous step. Indeed. And that you don't even want to bring it up. That's why we're in the trouble. That's why we're in trouble. So many so many people have have dropped out of politics. It's it's just amazing. And when you drop out, you're then part of the problem. Or they're just complacent and think, oh well, it's not really gonna happen. I, I you know, I don't disagree with Kevin Roberts. You mentioned him. He's a good friend. I've gotten to know him very well. Uh, since working on the Carl and Woolley show in Austin on Talk 1370, who's now head of the Heritage Foundation. I disagree with him in this. He's, he went on Glenn Beck, and then I called him, and he came on our show and said the same thing. He said, we have two more national elections to turn this around. I'm thinking we have one. I think, I think I, we have, not, not W-O-N, O-N-E. I think we have one. If, if Joe Biden were to get reelected, I think this country is toast. I believe that the electioneering that in addition to what we see going on right now with the, you know, the lawfare, but also what if we give them another cycle to change the change the laws to shore up. What is it to fortify the election like Molly Ball talked about in the Time article Mm -hmm. to fortify the actual election process i don't think i think it will be so corrupted well if they take if they take the white house the house and the senate then they will they will give a make dc a state they will make puerto rico a state they might split california into a couple of states they will pack the supreme court they will render states like Wyoming irrelevant by getting rid of the Electoral College, and it's over for conservatives. We might yes. as well just, you know, if you're a conservative in that situation, you move to a part of the country where you think you're safer because the urban urban centers are going to be disastrous. But they're also going to start passing very, very aggressive gun laws. And you, you, you hoard two things. One is precious metals, and the other is ammunition. Yes, and you and start learning you how do. to grow your own food. And you read the story of Randy Weaver. And you worry and you do everything you can to resist any kind of CBDC, which will be coming because that's the other way that they will start using a social credit system to oh, yeah. control your yeah. life. Oh, yeah. As soon, as soon as money as we know it is gone and it's all digital and you go to the grocery store or the gun store, assuming there is one, and you want to buy a gun, you will find that your money won't transfer. And And so this is getting bad. I want to remind people about something as we close out, and that is that 
There is a website called WB Daily. It stands for World Beat, and you can access it at wbdaily.com or, if it's easier to remember, worldbeatdaily.com. It's not quite as daily as we would like it to be, but we're working on that. Uh, When we do put up a column, it's usually a barn burner. Luann's new column on the uh, the solar farms. I hope she follows up with one on windmills because that's just as bad. If you want to know what's in those books that are in your school's library, Luann did a three-part series on that, and we didn't hold back. We showed the pictures. And you can see them, but hopefully not with your children around. Uh, we try to stimulate your thought there to to cut through the mainstream media's clutter and, and frankly, crap and and try to tell you the truth. Uh, We both work in concert sometimes with the Epic Times, uh, which is, I think, one of the sources of information that you can generally rely on. Absolutely. And uh, through Political Pursuits, the podcast, and Planet Logic and WB Daily, we're doing our little bit. Uh, we hope that if you read something there or you like this podcast, you'll tell your friends or send them a link. That'd be even better. And uh, we will be back as soon as we have a chance and uh, do an update for you. Meanwhile, we appreciate everybody tuning in today. I would end just saying courage is contagious. Please, please, let's go spread some around. Take a stand for the United States of America the way it ought to be with equal justice for all under our Constitution. And uh, let's let's hope for the best. Well, for Luann Anderson, I'm Lynn Woolley. This has been One Giant Step for Tyranny from Political Pursuits, the podcast, and Planet Logic. And we'll see you next time. New on CuriosityStream, how do you connect a 16th century potato to limitless energy production? Could Napoleon's toothpick have a direct link to a machine that predicts the future? And how can a 1700s conch shell chart a course to humans connecting their brains to the Internet? James Burke's visionary series Connections returns for a new generation. Experience all new Connections. With monthly, annual, and bundled plans, find the one that works for you at CuriosityStream.com.